We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. Amen. You, hallelujah. That's right. As you make your way to your seat, I dare you to say hallelujah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. God is so good. How many of you know that? Just by a show of hands. All right, all right. Most hands went up. I'm just guessing that might be because your elbow hurt or something. Thank you, Ty. But you got to know that God is a good God, and he, he is an on-time God. I was listening to see if somebody said, yes, he is. <laughs> Praise the Lord for you. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here with us at the table. This is my highlight, one of my highlights of the week. One of my highlights of the week is to see you and to be here with you and to study and talk about the Lord. I love Jesus. I do. And I like to talk about Jesus. Yep. So if you thought you came here to hear something else, sorry. <laughs> there might be another church somewhere. I'm not saying no names. I'm not saying no titles. They, they may be doing other stuff. But here, we're going to talk about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump right in because the Lord gave me a lot, and I've been working through a lot of different things, and so we're just going to dive right on in. Last week, we started a series called Wish List, and we're going to be working through this this week and next week as we prepare for our Christmas Eve service after that. But we talked last week, we were in the book of Matthew, and Matthew opens the Gospel of Matthew, and he's talking about the genealogy of Jesus, the, his history, his bloodline, his family tree if you will. And I talked a lot about how in Matthew he uses Jesus' genealogy to talk about how through Jesus he reconciled the past. There are many people in Jesus' bloodline, his family tree, that weren't ideal, had some flaws, had some mistakes, but Jesus was born and he used, Jesus was like reconciling the past in the very same way that for us, Jesus reconciles our past and reconnects us to God. The birth of Jesus, Jesus coming into the earth, why that's important is because he becomes the thing that connects us back to the creator. Amen? So we talked about this, and there's one thing I wanted to tell you over and over again, that you are on the list. You were on that list. As he, you were part of that blessing and that reconciliation. This week, we're going to add something to the list. This week, we're going to add something to the list. And I just, I'm just going to ask maybe two people, if you will, don't be shy, on your personal wish list. Would you like to share anything that's on your wish? Something that you say, man, I wish a dishwasher. I'm feeling like the Price is Right host up here or something. I wasn't expecting that one, but David, did you jot that down, fella? Got it. All right now, dishwashers on the wish list. Anybody else? 
A car? I'm really feeling like the prices right is up here. <laughs> we got dishwashers. We got cars. Can I tell you what's on my list? I'm going to tell you this one thing. Rest. The car, <laughs> the, the car <laughs> rest is overrated. Get the car. Rest is really on my list, though, because it's like sometimes I feel like there's not enough hours in a day. Sometimes I feel like, man, I just can't, like, I can't, like, I have a hard time turning my brain off. So there's like a running joke in my family that I will fall asleep in a second. And it's not a lie. I will. Because literally, as soon as my brain stops thinking about all the stuff, boop, gone. Just like that. And if y'all don't say amen throughout today, I might just... <laughs> but it's like, I just wish that I could have more rest. And you know what just really boils my water? When I'm tired and, and I just want to rest, and then I walk into a space and everybody else kicked up with their feet laid back, pillows, chilling. And I'm the one that's tired. That lights my candle. Lights my candle. And I know my, it's so funny because I think sometimes my boys see me when I walk in the house, like, and I, I can't help it because in my mind, I'm just ready to relax. But is there anybody else that like, can't relax when there's stuff to be done? And so I come in, and I'm just like, ooh, I got a place picked out on the couch that I'm going to go to. And then on that couch is a sock and a cup and cookie crumbs that lead to a coat that was left by the book bag that I had asked to be put away four times. Like, it's nothing like trying to, like, get your mind wrapped around, like, I just need to rest. And I want to rest. So that is what is on my list. And today I told you, we're going to be making a list. You and I are going to make a list, and you know what else we're going to do. If you make a list, you got to check it twice. So that's our sermon title for today. Making a list, checking it twice. Go ahead, finish it. Naughty or not, I always think that's interesting on the list. There's always this, this, this correlation between opposites. Naughty, nice, good, bad, right, wrong. And we see this same kind of thing in Scripture. Because one thing that we should understand about Jesus is he makes this line in the sand. And the line in the sand, even the, the Bible itself, even the way that we manage time, we, we look at it as it was before Christ and after Christ. The line in the sand, if you will, is, is kind of that separation for the sake of this time of year of naughty and nice. Jesus provides this, this demarcation about where exactly do we stand? Where exactly are we to our relationship with God? Where exactly are we when it comes to 
seeing the promises of God. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. But I encourage you every single week, whatever I share with you, write it down. Take a picture. Go back. I have the tendency to paraphrase, and I have the tendency to make it applicable to you. So I don't want you to go anywhere and tell somebody, well, my pastor said Jesus was the one who made the first naughty and nice list. But I want to put it in terms that you understand and in ways that you can get it. So anytime I make a scripture reference, jot it down. Write it down. Take a picture. Because I want to make sure that you get it and you understand it. So Hebrews, the fourth chapter, starting in verse number two. And it reads this. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listen to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for others, God said, in my anger I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So as we go through these scriptures, one of the things that I think very interesting is that I don't know what it is about current culture, but you will hear people say all the time that to new believers, all you got to do is worry about the New Testament. Just read the New Testament. The New Testament makes it all make sense. You got to understand it's the New Testament. It's, it's, it's after Jesus. You want to read the Gospels, and obviously it's important, obviously, but, but here's the thing. If you neglect to understand and read and reference the Old Testament, then you don't see prophecy being fulfilled. You don't see God's plan from the beginning. And that's important, because if I'm only responding to the thing that happened most recently, and I don't have the biggest picture, then how, in, how do we see the miracle? There's people in this room right now who are missing the miracle because they've only been told half the story. My wish for us is that we understand everything that we're dealing with and trying to figure out this perfect peace and this perfect rest and all these benefits and promises. How can you know if God has delivered on his promises if you don't know what the promises are? How, how, how can you get it if you really don't understand? No, seriously, at the beginning, God knew what was coming. And he had a plan for it. So when you say, hey, when I tell you, you are on that list, you got to understand, the list came from the beginning. You got to be able to connect these dots. So look, here is the thing that we need to understand about creation. 
God is able to rest because everything that God created was complete, well done, and perfect. It's essentially saying, that's good. And it's just the way I want it to be. So that means what we need to understand that God sees it. He sees rest in the place where things are good and complete. And there is a perfect work that God wants to do in each of us so that you can be good and complete. There's no task list that there's not anything that you need to do or you need to figure out. Half of us now are literally fatigued and tired and get no rest and no sleep because there's always something to do. And I'm not talking about washing Dishes, most of us, when we can't sleep, when we can't rest, when we are just all over the place, most of us are that way because there is an internal struggle for trying to figure out what does it all mean? Where am I? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm working to the bone but still feel unfulfilled. There's still something missing and I'm in this constant pursuit to close the gap and I can't figure out what is missing. Can I use the text to help you understand this? So let's make a list. The text makes it plain. We hear, I have good news, that to those who listen, those who believe, those are the ones who experience the perfect rest of God. But don't forget, we got to check this list twice. Because you got to understand, if there's one thing on the list, then there's also an opposite. Half of the time, we, 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 it's like we don't, we live in a world where like multiple things can't be true. But make no mistake, it, it very much is. If there's good news, guess what else there is? Bad news. So in case you can't pick up on the positive parts of the good news is when you listen and believe, you get rest. What the bad news is, if you don't listen, you have a hard head. If you don't believe, you have a hardened heart. And if you don't listen and you don't believe, there's restlessness waiting on you. We need to understand that this is God's intention, that this is not, this is, people are not coming up with miraculous ways to figure out things. The line was in the sand. The list was divided in two parts. With Jesus, without Jesus. And if that line in the sand was drawn from creation, because remember, God rested because it was good and perfect. The flip side of that is what happens when it's no longer good and perfect. So we got to understand that we have to, we have to get back to the place that God have a perfect peace and a perfect place. There's a perfect rest for you. There's a perfect way for you. And can I, can I, in case you're postponing it, you don't have to wait till you die to get it. I have a family member, I say, Every time I talk to them, they're so busy. I say, man, you need to, you need a rest. And know what they respond? I rest when I'm dead. I say, well, you keep it up, you're going to be dead. 
But, 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 but what do we, we, we do have this tendency that we're just supposed to go, 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 pursue, 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 pursue. I got to warn you, I'm not knocking your hustle. I'm not telling you don't be ambitious, but I'm telling you there are some things that are important to your survival. And you got to understand that it is not God's intention for us to just go, 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 go all the time. Especially if you're chasing something that ain't even important to him. We continue to go through the text. Looking at the sixth verse. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed. They failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua has succeeded in giving them this rest, actually getting them to the promised land, then, then God would not have spoken about another day of rest that was still to come in the future. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Let's add this to the list. We see it again. Well, how do we succeed into God's rest? Well, you obey. Bless the Lord, you probably missed out and disobeyed at some point in your life. But the good news is, there's a new chance. When is that new chance? Beloved, it's today. So it is out for us to put forth our best effort to get to that place of rest that God intended. Maybe some of y'all got that and y'all, the rest of y'all are skeptics and need the other way. Okay. Failure is waiting on you as long as you continue to be disobedient. You missed the opportunity in the past. You will miss the new chance of today if you don't put any effort toward being obedient. Are you following me? Amen. See, I think this is beautiful because I love that the rest is still Waiting. There is nothing like getting something that is prepared just for you. Like, seriously, there's nothing like, like, since we talked about rest, you walk in a room and the bed is perfectly made. Pastor Jeannie, you, you, she like, yes, hallelujah. Nothing like it. You come in and, 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 and the table is set for you. Plate there for you. Truth be told, that's why we like Christmas so much. Truth be told, 
You can lie if you want to, but it feels good to get something that's so beautifully wrapped. It's all, it's all perfect and pristine, and it got your name on it. And you say, who, me? This big old box is for me? There's nothing like getting the very thing that is prepared for you, just for you. See, we got to understand that this is, this is essentially what Jesus is. It, this isn't like a theoretical for you. This is literally gift-wrapped for you. And while we're here, can we talk about something real quick? This thing. This is a tree with lights on it. And there are people who will throw a fit about the tree with lights on it. Now, 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 hear me out. See, I tend to run everything back through the Bible, and it's probably not the parts that you would. Because I believe in having a clear understanding of what God intended. And because I believe in having a clear understanding of what God intended, then I realize what he created and how he created it was good to him. And I also realized that once man got involved and man started doing things and man started making it about something that it wasn't, that all of a sudden we have these representations of things that have nothing to do with God. But when you are secure in what God intended, then who cares what everybody else made it out to be? What do I mean by that? This tree or tree, not this one because this one is plastic. But the truth of the matter is trees produce wood. The house you live on has a foundation of wood. Guess what's attached to the wood fixture? Electricity to give you light. Wood and lights are wood and lights, but guess what? God created trees, and when he created trees and greenery and fowl and, and, and the creatures of the sea, guess what they were? Good. So, so, so why would I get caught up in what man has made to be something else and allow you or anybody else to tell me, well, wait a second. Bozo the Clown made this symbol, a symbol of this. Pagans did this or that, or these people do this and that, and, and, and yeah, they so did. And God told us that they would in the perversion of the world. I'm just trying to help people who read the Bible this morning, because you have to understand the world has changed a whole bunch of things. And if you get so caught up in the nonsense that the world has made it, whether it's current or not, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing against what certain symbolism has become. That's not my point. But if you lose and sleep because somebody has tried to change what God's intention was, then you ought to check your roots in God. We can talk about it later if you want to, because that ain't the time, but I'm just, I'm just trying to help you with some things that we've got to get through our heads. I remember, I remember, thank you, Holy Spirit. Joseph, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph is talking to his brothers. He's on his brothers and he's recognizing this simple fact. And he says this, look, look, bros, 
Everything y'all did was motivated by evil. And y'all made my life a living hell. But you know what is still true? God had a purpose for me. And what y'all tried to do for evil will not disturb what God intended for good. So here we are. You've got to recognize the enemy is trying to create confusion. And as long as you get stuck up on the confusion, caught up on the confusion, you're going to miss what God's intentions were. And if you're not clear on God's intentions for the way he created it, then what exactly are you in pursuit of for you to be reconciled to him? I'm just asking the questions this morning. If you want to talk about this, or St. Nick, or whatever else that we give credence to. Understand, we give power to things that God did not intend to have power. I digress. I digress. Here's what I need you to understand. As we navigate the text, as you read the Bible for yourself, as you understand the Bible more, the more you read, I guarantee you, the more questions you will have. When you start to hear the word of God for yourself, I believe many of us don't read the Bible because when we do, when we do read the Bible, it becomes a reflection of us. I believe that. I believe that in many cases, we don't want to open. Because when you do, you start to see it back. So if I hear it, that's good enough. Oh, but once you start digging and searching, you start to see the Word of God makes it pretty plain. The line is there. The, the two columns on the list are, are quite clear what his intentions are for us. We continue in Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And we look at verse number, verses number 12 and 13. We're continuing in the same passage. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the, sharper two the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. The line is right there in the middle of the page. God's word is alive. Oh, it is powerful. It is so sharp that it will separate what's on the surface from what's inside of you. If you really, 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 really want to dig in, so you got to read the Bible to see for yourself so you can see yourself. That's why this is important. The, the, the word of God is sharp. The word of God will separate that. It will expose and it will create accountability. 
The list, if nothing else, creates accountability. In case you didn't catch it, and you're the other side of the coin. God's word is not dead. It is not powerless. It is not dull. You cannot hide once you get in to the word of God. And when you're not in the word of God, you begin to make excuses. Excuses for why you can't be accountable. In other words, excuses for why we can't be obedient. Excuses for why we can't do certain things. 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says this, All scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're doing wrong, and it teaches us what to do right, and God uses it to prepare and equip us for the good works. Scripture has a purpose. It's not just to stand up here and talk to y'all. It's not just to, 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 to sound good or pass a Bible class. Scripture is important because it is useful in all the things that we're trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong what's righteous and what's not. The scripture is the thing that divides the list between naughty and nice. We see accountability in this text. Accountability, accountability. Accountability to what? Being accountable to who? To, to what? What are we being accountable for? What are we not making excuses for? Your obedience. Not making excuses beyond your obedience. Can I put it to you like this? Temptation is the threat to your obedience. Really think about it. Temptation is the thing that will drive you in one direction or the other or, or pique your interest. Or maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. Temptation is the thing. It is the threat to whether or not you are going to be obedient to what God says, what God expects, and true to what God intended. For his creation. Temptation is a threat. So what is the big deal about temptation? I don't know. What is the big deal about temptation? Turn that up, turn that up. I know you're thinking a couple things. The first thing is, I'm not talking about them temptations. Not that temptation. 
The other thing is, I don't know what Silent Night sounded like at your house on Christmas, but in my house, it sounded like that. And I know if it didn't sound like that at your house, you might be thinking, we're never going to finish the song <laughs> at this rate. But I encourage you to go listen to it. It's good. It's good. But what, 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 am, I, what, am, I, what am I saying to you? I, I, I got to keep you on your toes. You know, I got to keep you on your toes. But temptation is seriously, seriously, seriously. We got to understand that what temptation is actually all about. If we go back to the creation, God rested because it was good and it was all in its rightful place. Everything was fine. But what, what really did the serpent create for Eve? Confusion, which tempted her to not really, now there's a lot happening, a lot going on. Adam wasn't where he was supposed to be. I mean, there's a lot happening here. But all of a sudden, but, but what the serpent ultimately is doing is creating confusion. And when confusion sets in, we don't know what we're supposed to do because we are not thinking about God's intention. So just really think about wherever you are, think about your most recent conflict, whatever that thing is, there is a way to do it. There's a way. You got a lot of choices, but if you're really trying, if you're really trying to get to a conclusion, though, that will allow you to not just, it might be hard for you to get there, but if you focus into the intention and the peace and the hope and the rest that God intends for us to have, then why would you choose a different way to handle it than the one that aligns with what he intends for us. The presence, Jesus' presence, which came about through his birth, helps us to uncover the temptation that threatens our obedience to God. Jesus is born. His birth. Because he came... It helps us to overcome. It helps us to overcome the temptation that we are going to be faced with. Because once there's evil in the world, all bets is off, y'all. All bets are off. When there's evil in the world, you, have, you can't muster up. You think we got here with some of the issues of the world because they just popped up? Or did they progressively get worse and worse and worse? Because we had no idea that when we opened up that Pandora's box, what we were actually doing. When we just let certain things go, we didn't understand what we were actually creating. But when man is left to his own devices and he's not checking in with, 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 with the line in the sand, he's not checking in on the good side of the list, when he's not trying to look through the lenses of God's intention first, then we make decisions that, that can have a damning impact on who we are. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 says this, so, since, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weakness 
For he faces all the same testings we do. Yet, with temptation right in his sight, with the devil messing with him, when the devil insulting him and trying to confuse him, he did not sin. He decided that he would stay the course into God's purpose and intention for him. So the high priest, this high priest, I'm going back to 15. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he has faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we're needed most. Enter when you believe. He strengthened our weakness. He did not sin. And you receive mercy and grace and help. Can I tell you where there is no mercy and there is no grace, there is torment. Some of us are really being tormented because we're not receiving the mercy and the grace that God intended. See, Jesus gave us access but we have to believe and not refuse. He anticipates our weakness, and he gives us the strength to overcome sin so that we won't be alone and feel abandoned trying to make decisions on our own. So these lists, what do we do with these lists? The expectation when we make a list that the things that we put on the list, we get something out of it. So I'm just going to recap our entire day because we we, entire, we, we split out certain sections to come up with certain words. But in case you missed it, I just want to summarize the list that we put together. I have good news and I have bad news. If you listen and have a, if you listen and not have a hard head and believe and not have a hardened heart, God has a place for you. To succeed and obtain this place, you must turn away from disobedience. I have more good news. If you missed it in the past, you could obtain it today. Today is your new chance. So make your best effort to be resistant to sin because obedience is hard. There will be plenty of distractions and temptation along this way. I have more good news. God's word is alive. It is powerful. And it digs deep. Let it explore even your darkest place. Let the word of God expose your heart, your ego, your stubbornness, so that you can see for yourself what is in the way of your connection to the Father. To enter this place, believe in the Son of God who had no sin and took on the sins of the world. He is strength in your weakness. But to get to his strength, you have to admit when you are weak. And you have to avoid and be careful of the temptation to save face from being the person who could never admit your weakness. Jesus knows your limits. That's the good news. He experienced this in his lifetime, the fatigue of the flesh, the brokenness of the body, and the matters of a hardened heart. 
Receive today the grace and the mercy that God called forth in the birth of Jesus. So when your choices of disobedience would result in this uphill battle towards righteousness, a baby was born so that God could be with us today. Today I stand before you wanting so badly the rest that God intends, not just in the afterlife. You don't got to die to get it. If you find yourself disturbed now, broken now, hurting now, desperate now, addicted now, stressed now. If this is you now, today is the day that it can turn around for you. There's nothing to wait on because when Jesus was born, it was God's intention to give us a powerful name that we could call on to be victorious over all this stuff. So the thing I want you to be thinking about, this is Advent season. We've talked about hope, we've talked about peace. We've made our list, we've checked it twice. Perspective is everything. Jesus gave us, and all of us have a life before Christ. I just want you to get to the one that's after him. And your after started when he was born. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.